Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Another wonderful opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we are grateful this evening that you have gathered us together to speak to us. We ask of your spirit, Lord. Father, we cannot do anything without your spirit. Therefore, this evening, Lord, look upon our inadequacies and have mercy and give us the Holy Spirit to lead us in the sharing of your word. Amen. We pray also, Lord, that you will give us receiving hearts Amen. to receive your word, Amen. that your word will bring forth fruits in our lives. Amen. We thank you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Amen. Oh, the great teacher, Amen. we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord as you take your seat. Wonderful. Continuing in the faith. I love it. Perhaps tonight we may conclude on this message. And um, because there are so many things we want to do, so we will put a pause. We conclude today and uh, we'll do other things. Amen. Amen. But we've been sharing from this particular message for a while now. Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. I want us to look at our foundational scripture one more time. Continue in the faith. How many of you have been blessed from these messages? Are you listening to the messages? See, that is why I say you have to use your time wisely. There is so much to listen. You see, there's a lot to listen. And it's a blessing. It's a great blessing. You have no idea. You know, this is like free wisdom. Wisdom that you can receive left to right. Amen. But the most important thing is to ensure that you are listening to the bishop's messages. If you do not listen to anything... Make sure that you are listening to the bishop's messages every week, as soon as it comes out. And let it be that you are the first to have listened to the message. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Now, can I see who does not have the bishop's podcast on his phone? You don't have the bishop's podcast. Don't be embarrassed. You don't have the bishop's podcast. Because at the end of the service, I'm going to stand at the entrance and inspect and see where you are in your listening. <laughs> Otherwise, you stay here and listen to the message before you go home tonight. We leave you here. You see, sometimes when you love your children, you have to force wisdom into their lives. Do you understand? You have to force wisdom. I believe that if the, the father, you are listening, it's okay. 
It's okay. I believe that if the father has set some strict boundaries, strict boundaries in the life of the prodigal son, he probably would not have suffered what he suffered. Do you understand? But sometimes you have to just enforce certain things. Just enforce certain things upon your children. And when they grow, they will thank you. I believe that most of you will be so glad in some or at some point in your life that you had this opportunity. We were not, we were not privileged to have all of these things that you have. Do you understand? If you are a young person under 40 and you have the opportunity to receive these things, I see no reason why you shouldn't because you avoid a lot of mistakes that so many people have made. Amen. So many people, including myself. You would, have, you, would have, you would avoid a lot of mistakes if I knew, if I knew what I know now. Do you understand? If I knew what I know now, I would have avoided a lot of mistakes. Amen. I'm telling you. So if, sometimes I'm literally begging you to listen. Just begging you. That's what I was doing to some people last Sunday. Just begging them, listen. Just listen. Anyway. Alright, continue in the faith. Let's look at our foundational scripture in Acts chapter 14 and verse 21. Acts chapter 14 and verse 21. He says, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Entering into the kingdom of God involves much tribulation. Amen. Amen. Tribulation is not joy. Tribulation is not pleasure. Tribulation will not make you happy. It's not, it's not, it's not something that will make you laugh. It is not something that will make you restful. But we must, through much tribulation, not ordinary tribulation, but much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. That means that there are so many forces, there are so many things that will fight you and prevent you from entering into the kingdom of God. Amen. One of the things that is very difficult to do is to do with the things of God. Amen. They are not easy. And no one promised that it was supposed to be easy. So you know ahead of time what you are putting yourself into. But it is worth putting yourself into it. Hallelujah. One day when we are in heaven, you see, we remember all these seats, these positions that we were sitting. And you'll be so glad. You'll be so glad. It was as if we were joking, as if we were playing. 
You know, it is, it is as if we, we have nothing to do with our time. It is as if we, oh, we just come here to entertain ourselves. Like we don't have an aim in life. It, is, it will be like that. Amen. It will be wild. But we must through much tribulation, that is why we must through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Now, we have been sharing on this message for a while, and we went through some of the things, some of the things that we must continue in. Some of the things that we must continue in if we want to enter into the kingdom of God. And number one, what did we say? We must continue in the word. We must continue in the word. We will not come to any stage in life where we are done with listening to the word. We must continue in the word every day. It should be our daily bread. It should be something that we feed on every day. Continue in the word. Hallelujah. The next one, what did we say? Continue in his love. To continue in the love of God. To be conscious of the fact that God loves you. And you also make effort to love God. To love God. Amen. Amen. To love God. Not to like the things of God or to love the things of God. But to love God. You must love God. You must be aware of the love of God. You must be aware of the mercies of God. You must be conscious of the fact that God loves you no matter who you become, no matter what you are. God loves you. And when you are conscious of that, you continue to walk with God. Amen. Amen. And the next one, what did we say? Continue in the grace. The grace of God. Continue in the grace. Hallelujah. Continue in the grace. Without the grace, we will not go far. The way we are, our lies, stealing, our rudeness, backbiting. But the grace is there abundantly, always. Amen. Some of us, we cheat God. We steal from God. Some of us, we come before him and say, this is our tithe and it's not tithe. But we are calling it tight. But the grace of God abounds. Do you understand? If it wasn't for the grace, there are some people that right here, they'll be smitten. But the grace of God abounds. Do you understand? Yeah. The grace of God. God is full of grace. Amen. And the next one, what did we say? Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. We shared a lot of serious things on faith. Very important things that we need to be mindful. We need to, we need to pray for faith. We need to always pray for faith. That we do not lose faith in God. Always. Because without that, we can go far. Without faith, we cannot walk with God. Amen. And the next one, what did we say? Continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. That we must not cease to pray. That we, in our walk with God, 
that we will continue in prayer. We will persist in prayer. That was the last thing we shared, isn't that? Yes. And we read a scripture in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. And we read another version that says we must persist in prayer. That means that it's not easy to pray. If you have to persist in something, it means that there are things that will make you not do it. Whenever God tells us to do something, it means there's a tendency for us not to do it. Do you understand? It means that we, if left on our own, we will not pray. If we are left on our own, we will not pray. A lot of you will not pray on Monday. You will not pray on Thursday. A lot of you will not pray at 5 a.m. A lot of you will not, if you were left on your own. Do you see? That is why when we begin, for instance, taking attendance, and we say, who is on the line? Then you see everybody will start praying at 5 a.m. But when you are left on your own, you will not pray. When you are left on your own and say, just mark that you pray on the phone, you don't pray. You don't come on, some of you, you remember, hey, they finished, and then you pick your phone, and then you type 645, oh, I just remembered, and you say, yes. All of those things. <laughs> true or not true? I know all of those things. I know them. You just remember, hey, the people finish. Let me sign myself before they come and say anything to me. Let me sign myself in. Some of you remember 6.59. 6.59. Sometimes p.m. You remember 12 p.m. That, hey, I didn't sign in. But if you pray and you forgot to sign in, it's okay. But you see, what, who you are relating to is not a pastor. You are not relating to your shepherd. You are not relating to your friends who are on the phone. You are relating to God. Amen. And he's the only one who is there the time that you pick up your phone, the time that you open your WhatsApp, and the time that you say yes. He's the only one. And he's the only one who knew that you didn't pray. You didn't pray. But be conscious that God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray. Kwame, God wants us to pray. And he says we must continue in prayers. Continue in prayers. Amen. He says continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer. We ought to pray every day. Amen. Amen. We ought to pray every day. Jesus taught us a prayer that is a daily prayer. Prayer that you have to say every day. Amen. And so we, in other words, he was teaching us that we have to talk to God every day. We have to pray every day. We have to ask God for what we will eat every day. He says, give us this day. We don't pray to God for, for the food for tomorrow. But he says, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. So if you pray this day for your daily bread, it means tomorrow you ought to pray also for your daily bread. Do you understand? So we have to pray every day. Every day. Say a prayer to the Lord every day. 
Amen. It is easy to do so many things. So many things that you would think they are very difficult. It is easy for people to do them than to pray. Now that tells me that there is something about prayer. There is something about prayer. And it is a spiritual thing. And the things that fight you in the spirit, they are not obvious. Do you understand? The things that fight you in the spirit, they are not obvious. And you ought to be conscious of that. You ought to be aware of those things. That what is fighting you in the spirit is in the spirit. And so it is not obvious. Have you not wondered why you may be very sleepy, you may be very sleepy, but the moment you take your device to go on Facebook or any other, any of these things, you'll be awake. You'll be active. Just watching photographs. You'll be active. Watching these silly videos, you'll be active. Do you understand? You'll be active. No one is there. You alone, you'll be active. And you sometimes you get even angry with yourself that you were this active long enough into the night and you are sleeping this late. And he's going to give you some fuel. And you get angry with yourself. But you realize that you, you are doing it. You are saying, I am very tired. But the moment you pick up to do these things, you are active. Whereas, if you decide to pray. If you decide to pray. Now, tell me, between you praying and watching things on Facebook, watching photographs on Facebook, or com- having a conversation with someone on this media, which one is difficult? Now, which one is important? Which one is important? Prayer is important, and that you know. You know that. But you choose to do this instead of that. And I am telling you that it is a spiritual battle that when you begin to pray, there is another spirit that will also fight you and its form is to make you sleep. And it makes you feel like, I'm just tired. I wanted to pray, but as I, was, I just fell asleep. It is not, I just fell asleep. Because when you pick up your phone to go on Facebook, you did not just fall asleep. So there is a battle, there is a force that is against you to pray. And I'm saying that you ought to be conscious of that so that you also Fight it. Such that if you are someone who every night when you are going to bed and you are praying, you lie on your bed. Some people do that. You lie on your bed and you try to pray. You will sleep. You will sleep. You will sleep. So if that is a fight, then you ought to do something else. Take a different position. Stand up. Finish praying and then sleep. Kneel down. Pray and then sleep. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is a spiritual battle and you ought to be conscious of that. Hallelujah. But God expects us to pray. God wants us to pray. Amen. Sometimes we ought to have certain problems in our lives to really cause us to pray or to make us pray. 
We need to have certain problems in our life. Amen. And God knows that. When we have certain problems in our lives, we don't feel sleepy when we are praying. Do you understand? You don't feel sleepy when you are praying. When you need God to move, you don't feel sleepy when you are praying. That means that you have the tendency to fight the spiritual warfare to, and succeed. And that, for that reason, sometimes your problems are good for you. Because it makes you fight well. This battle. It makes you fight well. True or not true? Yes. Your problems are good for you. There were ten lepers. We read about ten lepers. When they had problems, when no young woman would talk to them, when the society will not acknowledge them, bring them closer, when no, no company will hire them, when they couldn't find jobs, when their families would not even let them come home, they sought after Jesus. And they cried after him. And once their problems were gone, you couldn't find them praying anymore. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. They didn't come back to pray. But he says we should continue in prayer and continue in the same, even in thanksgiving. That means we, after God has answered our prayers, we ought to come back with thanksgiving. Praying with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. We read Psalm 119 verse 71. Psalm 119 verse 71. David said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. That means it is good, my problems are good for me. It is good for me that I have these problems. It says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. So, you see, sometimes some problems are good for you. Because I tell you, there are some of you, if it wasn't for your problems, you wouldn't even learn certain things. You will not learn certain things. But David said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. I might learn thy statutes. Some of you, if it wasn't for your problems, you will not learn about humility. Amen. You will not learn about humility. A lot of you learn about humility through certain problems. I learn about humility through certain problems that I encountered in life. I learn about humility. Certain problems humbled me in life. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So the problems are good. Is it good to be humble? Is it a good character to have characteristic that this, it can be described of you that you are a humble person? So the problems are good. When you encounter certain problems, you also tend to sympathize with people who have similar problems. Amen. You don't talk by heart. You don't say certain things to people who you think have certain problems. You don't just speak by heart because it's pride that makes us talk like that. It's pride. But sometimes God will allow you to face certain problems and then it makes you meek in that area. That when you are talking, you, you, you are careful. It makes you sensitive to certain issues. There are some people, they just talk. They just say things.
You don't need God to give you another problem for you to learn something. Do you understand? Psalm 55, verse 16. Psalm 55 and verse 16. It says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. Do you understand? You see, when David realized there were so many enemies, when he had a lot of trouble, when he had a lot of people fighting against him, and he realized that he didn't have enough even for his own army, not that big enough to fight these people, he said he prayed evening, morning, and noon. He says, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. I tell you, our problems are good for us. Our problems are good for us. Our problems make us pray. Amen. Our problems, your problems and my problems will cause us to pray in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, at night, day, and will cause us to pray all the time. You see, when you face certain problems, you'll be praying everywhere you are. You can't wait for the next prayer meeting when you have certain problems. Do you understand? But when things are going on well with you, when things are okay with you, you don't seek the face of God. You don't pray. You don't pray. And so our problems are good for us. Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. And verse 25. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25. It says, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless. He shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. You see, your problems are not difficult for God. He says, I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. That means your enemies will run away from you. As you are coming, your enemies will turn around and run from you. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That you get on the job. And the people who always gossip about you when they, they don't like you, as soon as they see you, they turn around. And they are going away. Including your boss. He says, I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, who shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before thee. God will fight your battles for you. God will be a weapon to your enemies. He will fight your battles for you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He will fight your battles for you. 
There are some people that you will find they don't come near you anymore. It is because God has driven them away from you. Do you understand? It is because God has driven them away from you. That is how God fights your enemies. So sometimes you are there and you wonder, what have I done to this person? God knows that this person, when it comes near you, is not good. He has sent honest to drive away. May the Hittites that are in your life be driven away from you. May the Hivites that are in your life, that destroy your peace, that disturb your peace, may they be removed from your life. In the name of Jesus. People at your jobs that are taking plans, having round table to discuss your end. People as your promotion is being discussed and they are sitting on top of these things. There are people who do not want you to be promoted. May the Lord send honest and remove them. Amen. Amen. Says, and I will send honest before thee, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before thee. He will send them away before you get there. He will send them. He says, I will not drive them out before thee in one year. Do you understand? You have a lot of enemies. Do you understand? You have a lot of enemies. There are so many forces against you. And you would want to be free this year. How many of you want to be free this year? How many of you want all your enemies to leave you this year? How many of you want all your troubles to vanish this year? This year you want all your troubles to vanish. You are praying that by the end of the year, everything that disturbs your peace would have been driven out. Amen. See, that's a good prayer to pray. Winnie, it's a good prayer to pray. That if there's anything that disturbs our peace, by the end of the year, that thing will be removed from our life. But the scripture says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Look at the previous verse. It says, I and I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before thee. These are enemies in the land. These are people in the land who will resist them, who will disturb their peace, who will always come to war with them. And God is saying, he will drive them away. As the people are coming, he will drive these enemies away. But then verse 29, he says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. I'm not going to do that, all of them to get out of your life in one year. He says, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. You know, Sometimes when your enemies are removed from your life, even the blessing that God surrounds you with comes to become a beast for you. Do you understand? When the Lord removes all your enemies from your life, 
and you have all the land that is around you, they tend to beast to attack you. Amen. Some of you, because of the problems that have been removed from your life, you have become very proud. There are some women who, because of they prayed and God gave them husbands, they have become very proud. You can't even talk to them. Do you understand? There are some of you who certain jobs that the Lord brought you into, it has driven you away from the church. Certain jobs. Some of you, certain encounters, certain things that the Lord brought into your life, they have become beasts in your lives. So he says, I will not drive all your enemies from, away, from before you within a year, lest the land... You see, because when he drives the enemies away, they will have the whole of the land to themselves. And he says that beasts will take over these lands. Beasts will take over these lands. And they will multiply. And they will turn against you. By little and little, I will drive them out from before thee. Until thou be increased and inherit the land. Amen. So you see, your problems are not difficult for God. It is not difficult for God to remove all your problems for your life. But for your own good, so that it does not tend to become a beast, that the blessing does not become a beast in your life, God will take out your problems little by little. Little by little. He says, not at once. Not all of them in one year. God will not solve all your problems in one year. And it's the wisdom of God. Amen. So you you will find someone who has finished school and you can't pass your exams. You find someone who has finished school, you pass your exams and you can't find a job. But little by little. <laughs> Little by little. Little by little. Little by little. You pass, you, you finish school. Someone is so, even struggle to finish the school. But little by little, you are finishing. You finish. And then the exam becomes another thing. But little by little, you are passing the exam. And then you get a degree. And you can't find a job. But not the same year. Next year, then he will give you a job. Little by little, the Lord is driving away your enemies. And you will increase. And when you are increased, then you can inherit the land. Then you can inherit the land. And so your problems are good for you. It makes you seek the face of God. Amen. Amen. If you finish school and you get a degree right away and then you get a job and then you get married with your children driving this car, this car, here, there, there. We can talk to you. If we invite you to come for prayer meeting, you will not come. You will move somewhere upstate, move somewhere in New Jersey and say, my house is too far. I can't come to the prayer meeting. But now that God has not driven the beast from the field, has not, you are still here. And so when you come for prayer meeting, you are here. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? God is a very wise God. He's a very wise God. 
Because you may say, Lord, you give me. You give me. You will see how. Oh, he knows. Your type he has seen before. Oh, yes. He has seen before. There are so many young women like you that he has seen before. The Bible says that he's a God that knows the end from the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. So it makes you depend on him. It makes you depend on him. Hallelujah. Today I just want to give you the last one that we are sharing. And then um, we will go home for a few minutes. There are more, but we want to pause on this. Continue in brotherly love. The next one is to continue in brotherly love. Continue in brotherly love. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. The Bible says, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels on our words. Verse 3 says, Remember them that are in bonds, as bound, as bound with them. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them. That means remember those who are in bonds, as if you are bound with them. And them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. Do you understand the scripture? That means remember such people as, as they are suffering adversity. Put yourself in their shoes. That is what the scripture means. Let the adversity be as if it's in your body as they are suffering. Amen. But the scripture says let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Hallelujah. What is brotherly love? Brotherly love. Brotherly love is the love that you have for someone like a brother or like a sister. To love someone like a brother or like a sister. Wow. Sheila, that is brotherly love. To love your husband like a brother. Amen. Brotherly love. To love your wife like a brother. The scripture says, let brotherly love continue. When you see strangers, it says, entertain them. Because entertaining strangers, some people have entertained angels. That is why when you see someone visiting us in the church for the first time, be glad to entertain such a person. Welcome such a person. Be friends with such a person. You may not know that you will entertain an angel. Amen. Let's look at that scripture in New Living Translation. In New Living Translation. It says, Keep on loving each other as what? Brothers and sisters. That's brotherly love. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. You see, if you have brotherly love, you will entertain angels. You will not even know. Jackie, do you understand? You will think, oh, you are just being nice to Sonia. 
Perhaps you are entertaining an angel. Amen. Amen. Someone comes and he says, oh, can I have a ride with you? And he says, come. And as you are sitting in, blessings in your car. Blessings. Perhaps you entertain angels. He says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. And verse 3 says, remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Hallelujah. That is brotherly love. When you have love for another like a brother or like a sister. Hallelujah. Now one of the main characteristics of brotherly love, one of the common things that you find amongst brotherly love or amongst people who have brotherly love or brothers and sisters, one of the common things you'll find is the frequency of hurt. Fight and the frequency of hurt. Do you understand? That is one common thing that you'll find amongst brothers or amongst sisters. That they fight a lot. Amen. That they fight a lot and they get hurt a lot. Hallelujah. You see, when you have two children, one common thing that you find amongst them is fighting. You'll find them fighting all the time. All the time. And you as a parent, when you see them fighting, you can get annoyed. You can get annoyed and you start screaming at them. Why can't you get along? Why are you always fighting? Don't you know that is your brother? Is it not your sister? Why are you always fighting? Can't you treat your brother like a brother? And treat your sister like a sister? That is what they are doing. What is common amongst them is that they fight. Amen. But you as an adult, in your ignorance, and in your quest for peace, when you are seeking peace, because they are disturbing your peace even with their fight. So when you find them fighting, one of the things that you do is the thing that you know how. How you know to settle your issues when you have issues with people. Is to separate them. Do you see? So when you find them fighting, you go and then you put one here and then you put one there. So that they don't fight again. Isn't that what we do? So that they don't come together and fight again. Then you will soon find out, you will, or you will soon come to realize that they have made a fool out of you. As soon as you put them apart and then you walk away, as you are walking away, you hear them yelling and shouting and laughing again. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You hear them shouting and fighting and yelling and screaming and happy again. That is as soon as you separate them. And you turn around. See, they are showing you, they are showing you that the adult love is not brotherly love. The grown-up love is not brotherly love. What the children are showing you is that their way of love is different from our way of love. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? They are showing you that brotherly love truly is different from the adult one. 
Because for the adult, when you say you love someone and you have a disagreement with the person, your solution to the peace, to have your peace, is to separate yourself from that person. Isn't that what we do? Is to separate yourself from that person and not talk to that person anymore. When you have a disagreement with someone, your way of peace is to be careful with that person. That I will not talk to this person anymore. You stay far from this person as much as possible. Someone you used to do so many things with. You stop all of them completely. That is how a grown-up, you handle your, your disagreement and you handle your love. Do you understand? When you see the person, when you see him or you see her, it's as if you never knew the person. It's as if you never had a relationship with the person. That is your way of love. And you realize that that kind of love never continues. That kind of love never continues. But the child will fight with his brother. The child will fight with his sister. The child will get hurt. He will sit in the corner and he will cry and then he will heal. And as soon as he is healed, he comes back and starts playing with the brother again. That is brotherly love. That is brotherly love. Hallelujah. As soon as the hurt goes away, you see them together playing again. As if nothing ever happened. As if they were not fighting at all. That is brotherly love. Hallelujah. Because the brotherly love ought to continue. The brotherly love ought to continue. And they must continue in the love. Hallelujah. They must continue in the love. So you will think that after they have fought and you separated them, even if they have healed and they have come back together, you will think that they will learn their lesson and that they will be careful. And they will say, I know this person and I'm not going to handle him or her the same way I handled him the last time. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You will think that this is how they will learn their lesson to relate again. That they will not, I will not, I will not take his toy anymore. I will not share my food with him anymore. I am with his, I'm, I'm playing with him, but I am careful. No. They will go back doing exactly the same thing. Because brotherly love ought to continue. Brotherly love ought to continue. Amen. But you see, that's not for the adults. For the adults, even when they sit you down and they speak and they settle their disagreement, now you have a different approach to this relationship. Now you are careful. I am very careful how I talk to you. I am very careful how I relate to this person. I don't say certain things around this person. I don't do certain things around this person. You see, that love is seized. There is no love anymore. But brotherly love, when they are healed, they come back hurting themselves again. They will go back, they will heal, they will settle. Ten minutes, they will come back again and do exactly the same thing. That is brotherly love. 
and God is saying, let that brotherly love continue. Let that brotherly love continue. Amen. Let that brotherly love continue. We don't threat cautiously when we are having brotherly love. We don't walk cautiously not to step on your toes when it is brotherly love. Amen. So God is saying, if we are going to continue to walk with him, then let the brotherly love continue. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? The adult love is different. Even after they have healed. They are different. They have special way of relating. They greet as if they are professionals. Do you see? As if they are, they, they, they are professionals at the job. That is how they greet. Do you understand? They greet cautiously. You are complaining. You say, I am this. So they greet it differently. Professionals. They relate as if they are diplomats. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Shakira, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is not brotherly love. That is not brotherly love. Husband and wife ought to relate to each other like brother and sister. Like children relating to each other. Amen. In the church, we must relate to each other as brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We must relate to each other as brothers and sisters. But as long as we are in this adult mood, and as long as we are in this grown-up understanding of relationship, we can never continue in brotherly love. So Jesus says something in Matthew chapter 18. I said we must through much tribulation do what? Enter into the kingdom of God. And one of the things that we need to continue in, if we are going to enter into the kingdom of God, is to continue in brotherly love. To continue in brotherly love. Matthew chapter 18. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and set him before them and said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless you repent, that is, change your inner self. This is the repentance. It says, unless you repent, that means change your inner self, your old way of thinking. This is your adult way of thinking. Unless you change your inner self and change your old way of thinking and live changed lives and become like children, trusting, humble, and forgiving, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Brotherly love is important. If we are going to enter the kingdom of heaven, we need brotherly love. And we cannot have brotherly love as long as we do not have that repentance or that conversion to become like children. Look at that, some of the characteristics of children. Trusting, humble, and forgiving. Trusting, humble, and forgiving. That when the child comes back, they still trust. They are humble enough to forgive. And they forget that you just hurt them they come back to continue in brotherly love. 
they come back to continue in brotherly love. But we don't, we don't come back trusting. When a husband and a wife have this agreement and they settle, they don't come back trusting. After the pastor has spoken to you and you have agreed to go back home, you don't go home trusting. Amen. You don't go home forgiving. You don't go home forgetting. Any long-lasting relationship ought to have brotherly love. Any relationship that will last for a long time ought to have brotherly love. The commonest relationship that we know that lasts the longest is the relationship between brothers and sisters. So the scripture says, let brotherly love continue. We need brotherly love in the church. Amen. I said, we need brotherly love in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Why should we relate this way? Relate for so many years. Do so many things together. And all of a sudden, one small offense, it happens and it drives you away completely. And you forget about all the relationship, the many years of relationship that we have built. Many years of relationship. Suffering for one another, crying for one another, how that you were sad and were crying with you. Forgetting about all of these things. Forget that we even had any relationship at all. How? How can you live and forget that, you know, there was a time that Sunday school teachers, they were teaching your children. They have taught your children to make them who they are today. You leave, you take them, and you forget about all of this. Sometimes it really hurts me when, you know, church members behave like that. And I say, how can we build relationship? Over the years, building relationship, hours of counseling, advising each other, helping each other, supporting each other. And then one small offense, you just take off as if we never had a relationship. Ever to remember, ever to talk again, as if we never sat to eat together. As if we never lifted our hands and dancing and happy together. It's because of pride. Pride. Because of pride. We spend time, hours. We spend a lot of hours. Look at us. Look at us here. Look at us here. You see, anything that the scripture is telling us to do, it means there's a tendency for us not to do. It says, let brotherly love continue. It means that there's a tendency for us not for you to be here. There's a tendency that the time will come that you say, I don't know these people anymore. There's a tendency, every one of us. It means there's a tendency for us. There's a tendency for us that you, you will forget about all this that we have done together. All of this. Forget that Mother's Day we were all together laughing. And, and it will not even occur to you, even on a Mother's Day, to remember that once I had this family. But he says, let brotherly love continue. Unless there's brotherly love. You see, when there's, I tell you, the longest relationship, long-lasting relationship that we have, they are the ones between our siblings. It does not matter 
where they live. One can live in Asia, another one in Europe. They still relate. They still relate. And they still have even occasions that they decide to meet. They still call each other. But not as, because we don't have brotherly love. We have not built that relationship. We don't have brotherly love. We live and that's it. We live and we forget. We forget that we dedicate your children. We, all your children were born and we dedicated them. You forget all of that. You forget. You forget that you had a funeral and we all came mourning with you. You forget that you had a baby dedication and we all came supporting you. You forget that. You forget all of that. You forget. I mean, how can we build a relationship? Such relationship. And then we just walk away. It says we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom. And it says, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. If we are going to have long-lasting relationship, if we are going to have, it doesn't matter where you move to. Yes, you can move anywhere. But let brotherly love continue. Why should it be, Ellen, that one day you move to, you relocate to Arizona, and so I don't know you anymore. That we never had a relationship. That you didn't know any of these people. And you've canceled them all from your phone list. You have deleted all their numbers. And you don't want to hear from anyone. I mean, sometimes it's sad. Some people, they just take up themselves off the WhatsApp. Remove, like, I don't need to relate with you. It, oh! Oh! I've taken myself out. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. You see, these things, they are as a result of pride and lack of remembrance that you cannot even remember. You cannot remember the good. You cannot remember the sacrifices. Hours. Sacrifices that were made only for you. You cannot remember Small offense, small offense like that. But children, children, they are hurt. You see that you really hurt me. And then you are the, even as a parent, you see that this one was really hurt. How could you have done this to your sister? How could you have done this to your brother? And you, you are disturbed. And that even the, the bone is broken. And you take the child to the emergency room and fix the bone and bring that child back. That same day, the child goes back. They are playing together. The same day. I am hurt. I am hurt. But that's my brother. You have hurt me. But that's my sister. Let brotherly love continue. Hallelujah. Let brotherly love continue. We cannot walk with God if we don't have brotherly love. He is our father, our heavenly father. We are the same. We are of one father. Siblings of one father. Amen. That is why when he invites us to a feast, we are coming for a feast. We sing, brothers, sisters, we are one. 
And our lives have just begun In the spirit we have wrong And we'll live forever Sons of God, hear His holy word Gather around the table of the Lord Eat His body, drink His blood And we'll sing a song of love Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah Hallelujah when we are coming before our father, when we are feasting, we sing. We are coming before our common father. So we are brothers and sisters. We are not church members. We are not members of a club. We are not members of a club that at any time we just withdraw our membership. And we say we have taken off our membership. We have canceled our membership. We are not just some members. We are a family. We are brothers and sisters. With the heavenly father as our father. Let us continue in brotherly love. Just want to read this scripture with you and then we can close. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24. It says, a man, had friends, a man that had friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Yes, we are not born of the same biological father or biological mother. But we can stick closer than a brother. And Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Hallelujah. A brother is born for adversity. So God is saying, let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Hallelujah. We are not supposed to be members and consider ourselves my church member. She said, that's my brother. That's my sister. So that when I'm hurt, I will come back again. Amen. Amen. He says, unless he be converted and become as children, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We cannot continue in brotherly love if we do not convert and become like children. Put your hands together for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what are the things that we need to continue in? Number one. Continue in the word, number two. Continue in love, number three. Continue in the grace of God. And number five, number four. Continue in faith, number five. Continue in prayers. And number six. Continue in brotherly love. Are you going to continue in brotherly love? Are you going to consider your, 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 your member, a member of the church, as your brother, as your sister? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are my brother. Turn to the next one and say, you are my sister. Say, you are my brother, you are my sister. Say, we are not just church members. We are brothers and sisters. Let us continue in the love. Say, I don't like some of your ways. Say, sometimes you hurt me. But I will heal. And I will come. Say, don't be careful relating with me. Say, don't be diplomatic relating with me. Hallelujah. 
Don't be a professional when you are relating with me. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, let the struggling life continue. Stand to your feet and let us bring the service to your door. Stand to your feet. Let there be love shed among us. Let there be love in our hearts. May love all sweet as nature cause our soul to that you have given us in this church. We thank you, Lord, for these people that you have brought us to know the relationship that we have built over the years. Lord, why should we allow the enemy to destroy such beautiful relationships? And Lord, we ask let the brotherly love continue in our church. That can we draw our membership any time where we feel like or where there is an offense. But Lord, let the brotherly love continue. The brotherly love 
of God is real. Lord, give us fresh understanding of brotherly love. Give us new meaning to brotherly love. That we can continue Jesus Christ as your personal Savior or you have not taken Jesus Christ as your personal Savior this evening you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior beloved heaven and earth are real it will be like the days of Noah they did not believe but when they rose up there was a flood that came to destroy everyone who did not believe except Noah and his family. Lord, tonight, touch our hearts. If there's anyone amongst us who does not know you, tonight we ask that you touch that person's heart. If you are here tonight, this special evening, you do not have Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. If that is you, lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to be born again. I want to receive Christ into my life. If that is you, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is anyone here like that? Oh, you can hear the Lord welcoming you and speaking to you. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you died for our sins and you saved us. We give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. 
For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.